Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast, where we try to have discussions and get some information on how to enjoy a more successful and enjoyable journey to parenthood, labor and delivery, postpartum experiences. Uh, I am a host, Dr. Elliot Berlin. I live here in Los Angeles with my wife and four kids, and we have a wellness practice for primarily pregnancy, postpartum parenting, and pediatrics. And my lovely and talented co-host, Casey Bixby, is here. Hello. Casey is also Los Angeles-based. She is a wardrobe stylist and has the online boutique Bixby Atelier. Very good. I've been practicing that all day. (laughs) Um, And you're expecting baby number one, Super Preggers. Super. How's it going so far? Good. Do you feel like you know everything you need to know? No. What's missing? Absolutely not. (laughs) I feel like I've packed in a lot of information in six months and I have a lot more to go. Okay. I, mean, I feel okay, but I feel like I need to know some more things still. Where do you get your info? From not from what to expect and you're expecting or babysitter those because I get freaked out. And I've from you. Oh, perfect. From my doula. From a doctor, well, that's what I realized. Looking stuff up online, not a good idea. Asking your doctor, better idea. Mm, depends on your doctor. Right, Asking right, right, right. your doctor yes. is a good idea. Um, or I've also really liked Ina May stuff. Ina May Gaskin. Yes. How do you feel uh, about Scott, your husband? Does, do you think he's ready? Well, after our birth class last week, he told me he's ready to birth a baby. So. <laughs> So, I yeah, I feel good. I think he, but the thing I would like is for us to watch some more, some actual births, have him watch the business of being born or something like that. Um, because I think that's the one thing you can hear about it and you go to a birth class and then you can start to visualize these things. But then actually seeing a birth is a whole other thing it is and can be thing. so freaky. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, he doesn't need to like attend one in person, but I think something like that could help because it is, it's shocking, I think. It is kind of shocking. And for me as a dad, I didn't realize this when we had our first kid almost 10 years ago, but mm-hmm. dads never had a role in childbirth. Before the 1900s, when women were in the village having babies at home was right. the norm. It was all the women of the community that got together. And you didn't have a midwife and a doula and things like that because there were just women in the community. First, some of it was family, your mom, your sisters, your aunts. Uh, but all the women of the community would come in and play that role of naturally the doula, right. the support people. And dads were out like hunting and gathering berries for the growing family. Right. And then in the 1900s, it moved into the hospital, mm-hmm. and dads were absolutely not allowed mm-hmm. into the delivery room. And then I think most of the people my age in late 30s and 40s, uh, our dads weren't at labor and delivery. And now all of a sudden, it's like, hey, come on in. You're going to be the partner. You're going to be the coach. And we have, uh, most of us have no idea what that means. And right. do that. It's so freaky weird for us to be there. Right. And so that's why we have this little podcast is to try to get more information. Exactly. And uh, and see if we can find our way. Sounds good. So today's topic is roadside delivery. What would happen if you were in a car, ran out of gas, uh, if 
there was an earthquake or a tornado or storm and you're stuck in an elevator and it's just you and your partner and there's nobody else that's going to come deliver this baby, no medical personnel mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, what do you think for you? Would that How would that go down? I think it could happen to me because I... Um, this, I, I said after our birth class, I'm glad you have so much confidence because I feel like I want to wait. I'm delivering in the hospital, but I want to wait as long as possible and be at home. But when you do that, I suppose yeah. <laughs> you're at a much higher risk of, or I said, I maybe will accidentally have the baby at home, which I realize is you should plan for that or you should plan for the hospital probably, not plan for the in-between. But I think I think that's super fascinating because I think it might happen to me. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you say, I think one of the reasons why I've had 10 patients over the past two years have their baby on the way to the hospital or when they're even getting into the car before they left the house. Which is a lot. It's a lot. It's a small percentage. I do lots and lots of pregnancies a year. but That's a lot of people. It's still a lot. And I think one of the major reasons why it's happening is because people have that birth plan of stay at home as long as possible. Right. And then like in transition, rush to the hospital so that you can push the baby out there, which doesn't even make a whole lot of sense in my head. Like you've done all the work. Right. You've had nine months of pregnancy. You've had 20 hours of labor and and you're, you're ready to push. And then you run to the hospital and the doctor runs there to meet you. It doesn't necessarily make the most sense, but I see why people do it. It's sort of want, you want you want an uninterventive birth. Right. Which you feel like you'll have a better chance of at home. Right. But you want the safety if anything goes wrong right at the last second. Exactly. And that's what happened to Danielle. I think we're going to ask. Danielle was a patient, um, is still a patient, but a couple of years ago when she had baby number two... I think she wasn't quite sure if she wanted the baby at home or at the hospital. Right. And uh, she's here today, so we can find out. Excellent. Danielle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So what was your story? Were you planning to have the baby at home or at the hospital? So I was torn. When I'm pregnant, I can't make decisions. And um, up until I was probably seven months pregnant, I still hadn't decided whether I wanted to do a home birth or not. And my doula is also a midwife who I was planning on you know, delivering with. And um, so finally I did make the decision uh, around like seven and a half, eight months pregnant that I was going to stay home as long as possible and then go to the hospital. Okay. That was your plan. Yeah. And how far do you live from your hospital? I lived without traffic, like 25 minutes. With traffic? (laughs) An hour. (laughs) Yeah. So it could be, could have been a long drive, which you knew from the beginning. Yes. When you say stay at at home as long as possible, what would have been your ideal? Is, I mean, I was staying home until I, I pushed for four hours with my first. So even though everybody said you won't push for that long, even, you know, the day I went into labor, I saw my doctor and he was like, you remember, you know, get in the car. I mean, my labor was fast the first time, but like I said, I still pushed for four hours. I had a nine-pound baby. And and so I thought, great, even if I push for two hours, that I mean, that'll be so much faster. And so I, I did not want to go to the hospital until I was ready, getting close. So in your mind, like 
ready to push clothes? Ready to push. So you yeah. have to drive ready to push at least 25 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And go to the hospital. Yeah. I'm just wondering in retrospect. I get it. That makes sense yeah. to me. It when you're pregnant, you're crazy. Okay. Yes. It makes sense. But it pregnant doesn't sense make to you. sense. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I totally yeah. get okay. it. But your yeah. husband wasn't pregnant. Was he? Did you Did you tell him what you were planning to do? Did he have a... Like, he knew I wanted to stay home as long as possible. So pushing. And then he would drive you. Yeah. <laughs> To the yes. hospital, twenty five minutes or more. Yeah. While you were pushing. Yeah, I, I didn't want to push in the car. I wanted to. In my mind, I was, you know, I wanted to. I, I knew I would be close, and I wanted to like walk into the hospital and start pushing. This is why we need. The I podcast. thought I could control that because girls don't make sense to me anyway. <laughs> yeah. But pregnancy is there's not even a there. clue. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Good. So, um, so mm-hmm. you labor mm-hmm. at home, mm-hmm. and you feel like. What you feel like now's the time to go? Um, no, I I had contractions on and off through the night, and but I would go to sleep in between them. They were all over the place, no consistency to them. But then um, around like five in the morning, um, my older one woke up, and my husband went and I wanted to just be alone. He went and um, sat with my son, played with him, and got kept him out of my way. And so it wasn't until probably like 7.38 that I couldn't time my contractions anymore. And when I'm in labor, I need to have something to do. So timing them just takes my mind off of it somehow. And um, that's when I knew I was getting closer, but I still would have a few minutes in between, like three, four minutes in between. And when I went to the hospital the first time, again, my contractions were like a minute apart and I was only seven centimeters. And so I was like, oh, I have time. I was still was cooking pancakes in right. between. Oh. But then I would go in the I would go in the laundry room and be on all fours during contractions. And um and then that's when I knew when I c- couldn't focus during them anymore to count them. I was like, okay, we need to go. And but your doula hadn't come over or anything. No, I told her not to come <laughs> over because I said it would be a while. Oh, yeah, but she did. She offered to come over. Oh yeah. And you're like, no, oh yeah, I'm no. Good. She offered, and I was like, no, don't come. It's going to be a while. And um, and then finally, when I couldn't, but like I said, even when they were getting intense, where I couldn't, um, like count them or anything, I um, or time them, She, I did talk to her during that time, and I knew I was getting closer, and right. she ignored me, and she was all the way in Hollywood, and so she started heading towards Cedars. When I was like, stay, it's fine, we'll probably rent a hotel room by Cedars and labor there. <laughs> Cedars, that's your hospital where <laughs> yes. you're going to Yes, yes. And, um, and she ignored me and started heading towards the hospital. Yeah. Thank God, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so then our babysitter was 30 minutes late. So you're basically in transition at that time. Yeah. Okay. And you wanted to leave. I wanted to leave. So you would have made it if your babysitter. It's your babysitter's fault, basically. Basically. Yeah. Is she still working with you? No. No. Okay. (laughs) No. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, I mean, at that point, are you panicking? You're like, oh my God, we've waited too long? No. No, you still think you have plenty of time. I still thought I had time. Because your contractions were so far apart. Yeah. Right. They were, I mean, they were, you know, knocking me over when they were happening, but I still had this nice break in between. Right. And, but then something did happen. So finally, when she got there, I literally said a prayer to be able to not have a contraction so I could say bye to my son. Mm-hmm. And um, and then it was like I was holding – my body was holding me together because the moment I said bye to him, 
It was like I got in the car and I was on all fours with the air conditioning blowing in me. It was just like get what, in the like back I, seat. No, and I had two car seats in the back, so I couldn't <laughs> get in the back seat. Oh. And so I was on all fours. I had one leg oh, no. on the floor. I had like another leg or my other leg kind of <laughs> bent and like where the console is, and yeah. So no seatbelts. Anything flailing around in Friday morning traffic. Oh my god! How bad was the traffic? It was kind of bad. It was congested. It was congested. Now you know things are moving quicker. Yes, but I still wasn't scared. I still wasn't. I wasn't thinking yet. I mean, I think also when you're in transition, you're not thinking. All you're you can't. You're just in that you know very primal moment of labor, right? Where you're not thinking of anything else except breathing through those contractions. Does your husband know you're in transition at that point? He had no idea I was as far along as I was because I was hiding from him and my my younger one. And so he had no idea I was that far along. And okay. then, I mean, so when, you know, we got in the car, he was like, oh, my God. And um, He could tell once you guys were in the car. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and how's our he midwife with the... was on speakerphone with us. Oh, great. Yeah. Is she giving you tips and coaching or is she just... I didn't want anyone to talk. Okay, so she's there. She's <laughs> she listening tried, to you later. They both were trying to talk, even my husband. But when I'm that focused, I didn't want anyone to talk. Zip it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, is How's his driving at this point? Is he... He was driving okay um, up until I started... Um, I start, we were getting ready to turn on the street to go up towards the hospital. And my water broke and his head started his head was coming. And I kept saying to my husband to pull over and my husband thought I had anxiety. Okay. And he, didn't, he didn't know your water broke. He No, I said my water broke, but okay. he didn't think that that really meant the baby was coming out okay. when I was like, pull over, right? I but just had how this, far away are you from the hospital at this point? <sighs> like five minutes. Oh, you're pretty close. We were pretty close. We were pretty close. And hold on, but you knew the baby was coming. Oh yeah. Yeah. His head was coming. Because you said like, the way you just said it, you're like, pull over, but you must have been more. No, I was screaming. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was screaming, you need to pull over right now. Okay. And, um, and he thought I was having anxiety and no, he no, didn't uh, think that the baby was really coming. And he asked Elizabeth, our midwife, he said, do you think that I should pull over? Or should I keep trying to get to the hospital? <laughs> and she said, you need to listen to your wife and pull over right now and call 911. And she started heading down the street towards us. Got it. And within three minutes of pulling over, she was there. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So less traffic All in the her stars direction. Line. Very much so. In yeah. your direction. And you call 911? Um, my husband did. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember what street you were on? Yes. David Street. Yeah. We should put a little monument there. Yeah, I know, right? I know. So you call, he calls 911. He calls 911. Calm? I, they were asking lots of questions and I could hear him getting irritated. Okay. With the amount, he, I mean, because from talking to the firemen after and going to visit them and hearing their perspective, they get a lot of calls and that are people that think they're having babies and they get there and they're never having babies. They're just, you know, someone attempting a home birth that didn't go well or, you know, someone gets scared and wants to be transferred to the hospital. It's almost never really baby a birth, coming out. A okay. baby actually coming out. But yeah. then they eventually dispatch. 
Yes, exactly. But your your doula gets there first, who happens to be a midwife. And so she jumps out with her medical bag. Is that part of your, like, not sure if I want to have the baby at home, (laughs) not sure if I want to have the baby at the hospital, you choose a doula who's also a midwife? Yes, very much so. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. Um, She jumps out with her medical bag. And you're in the car still? I'm in the car. So all of a sudden, I decided I didn't want to get out of the car, even though we pulled over and opened the door. And I was the one that, you know, wanted to get out of the car and I changed my mind and um <laughs> and Elizabeth asked me to get out of the car so She's she could check me. Doula. Yes. And she um as soon as she checked me, I mean I was crowning, he was coming. And um and so then I got down on the grass, the dirty grass, not even the grass like a lawn. I just chose I couldn't move. So I just got down on the grass right Is this outside the my grass, car. Grass like between the sidewalk and the street, yes. that little strip of most likely to find dog poo sort of grass? Yes. Okay. So, yeah. But none. No. Not no. I not that you know so. of. Not, okay. that, not that I know of. And um and I I mean, I got out, and th- so at that point, I was I was trying not to push, and um, and my husband kind of held my back off the sidewalk, and so I was kind of sitting up a little bit, and Elizabeth had one leg on her shoulder, and then the fireman <laughs> pulled up at that point. Okay. And then they got out. Happy to see them? Um, I didn't care. You didn't care one way or the other? I didn't, no. Because you felt good with her. Yes. I mean, I had a midwife with me. And so, I mean, honestly, I could have been delivering anywhere. Right. And, I mean, just having her, I felt so comfortable. Out of curiosity, what about the guy whose house you were in front of? Were they You know, it was a little after 9 o'clock. And so I wasn't even thinking about people around me. And my husband said that there was one person across the street that came out <laughs> and it? was looking one person. Oh. I think that it was because it was a Friday morning at a little after nine. So most people, people were at work. Were at work. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to picture what it'd be like if I just no. opened the drapes and, right? and someone's out baby there. on that yeah. little strip of lawn. Okay. Yeah. Um, so fireman comes. Yes. And has and he ever been in this scenario before? He has not. No. And it's really funny because the fireman told me, um, his name's Robert. He said, on the way over, the guys were joking with him. He had never done a birth before. And they were joking with him and saying that he was going to have to do his first birth. And he's like, it's never birth. You know, no one's actually right. giving birth usually. And he said that when he saw me, that his eyes like bulged out of his head because <laughs> he realized that this was probably really happening. Real deal. Um, and, but he was great. I mean, he he said he was trying to remember everything he was taught in school about what to do. And um, the great thing about firemen is they're actually taught like, to just catch the babies. And so um, they're very hands-off, which is nice. Um, and so he came over, and um, I had one leg on him, one leg on Elizabeth, and um, he was there. I mean, I pushed three times, and and Logan came out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Is he a middle name? Very fast. We were going to do David, but no. we did a family name. No. I know. I know. I'm still going to call him David. I know. I have to. It's a great name. I know. <laughs> Wait, and then can I ask you a question? Yeah. What happens after that? Do they take you to the hospital? Mm-hmm. We went to the hospital. In your um, car or in the ambulance? In the ambulance. Okay. Um, Alex, my husband, drove um, our car and uh, the midwife, or, you know, our midwife, Dula Elizabeth, came with me. Um, and it was very... You know, they just threw me in the back of the ambulance and we went and my OB was waiting for did, us. Did somebody cut the cord? Um, the fireman did, I think. Oh, he did? When, oh, yeah. you think? I think. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure the fireman did. I okay. don't think Alex did. Um, they did that on the side of the road and um, 
Elizabeth, our midwife, um, firemen aren't taught to deliver placentas, so she delivered my placenta. So what do they do? Just send you on your way? Mm-hmm. Well, they take you to the hospital. Yeah, they take you on your. They, yeah, of course. I mean, your placenta could stay inside for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what if you were ready to deliver it five minutes well, they later? They would just catch it, but they yeah. don't coach you. I, don't, I mean, I used to yeah, work in ambulances won't. too. I was in emergency medicine, and that's right. It's it is all those. They give you yeah. a little kit, and each thing has. So you put out the little blanket, mm-hmm. and they don't do anything. No. You just wait for the baby to come yeah. out or transport, and mm-hmm. if it's not coming very quickly, mm-hmm. and then clamp and cut the cord, and yeah. that's it. Hmm. So your placenta delivered in the ambulance or? No, on the side of the road. Oh, still on the side of the road. Still on the side of the road. You guys had a party. Do you know how long you were there for? (laughs) Not long. And still only one unlooky-loo from across the street. Yes. Yeah, it's amazing. I know. know. I think it's because like Los Angeles, there's always stuff going on. Right. They probably thought you were filming. Filming, exactly. (laughs) Probably, There's somebody holding a reflector, (laughs) craft services. Right. Okay. I know. They're looking for the crafty truck. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. I know. a sandwich oh, over yeah, here? totally. Um, wow. I know, with the big crowd. But the fireman did say he was, you know, they all said that, I mean, even with, and like I said, like there was a lot of swearing and uh, some screaming going on. And um, I mean, it's labor. And, um, but they did say, I mean, Roberts, the fireman said that he was like, you were calm. And so that helped me. Oh. Stay calm in the moment, which I didn't feel like I was that calm. No, but it very was nice of you to calm down it was, Yeah. That's great. <laughs> as calm as I guess I could be in that moment. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Oh, thank you. I think that this will help people maybe A in terms of a birth plan, think about yeah. think about, you know, if you want to have a baby at the hospital, then it's probably <laughs> ideal to spend some yeah. part of your labor at the yeah. hospital. We are going to take a quick commercial break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. (laughs) Hey, everyone. It's Dr. Berlin, and I want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart. Literally. Omega-3. It's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked. With 95% of women deficient, Needed, the supplement brand I trust, created their brand new Omega-3 Soft Gels. Designed by perinatal experts, they support you and your baby's well-being from fertility to pregnancy and beyond. Unlike other brands, Needed's Omega-3 is sustainable, pesticide-free, and third-party tested for purity. Plus, my favorite, it has a milder taste and smell, perfect for sensitive mamas. Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the needed difference, consciously crafted for your health and the planet. We want to introduce Natalie and Shane. You guys are somewhat pregnant. Yes. Yeah. 39 weeks. Baby number one, first. Sweet. Uh-huh. Do you feel ready? I think yeah, so. I think, yeah. Yeah. Excited. As, as ready as we can be. I mean, we've been packing in information for nine months. Did you always know for sure you wanted a hospital birth? Did you consider out of hospital birth? Did you? Yeah, I think um, I was uh, just telling the girls outside that I was born in, um, like in a commune in Canada, Northern Canada at home. My brother was born at home, all my cousins. So I think um, I still have that like hippie side of me, but since moving to LA and, and LA made you less hippie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just never really considered 
a home birth or a sanctuary birth or, you know, uh, like a birthing center. I think I sort of felt comfortable with the hospital, the hospital route, but maybe for the second one, we would try something else. We'll just have to see how this one goes. See how it goes. Cool. Did you watch documentaries during the pregnancy about pregnancy or have you read books? Yeah. We just watched the business of birth. I think business of being born business Mm -hmm. of being born. Yeah. We just watched that one. Um, good movie. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I told Ricky, like, I thought she was very believable in that role. That's <laughs> nice of you. Very good method acting. Um, How did you feel about the, I mean, because that film sort of says, hey, be careful if you're going to have the baby at the hospital. Right? Yeah, I, I mean, everyone, there's so much fear that everyone sort of fills you with right. um, about what's wrong and what's right. I, I really just think... I can honestly say the most inform- the best information I've gotten um, besides how amazing Yelp is now <laughs> is from your friends who just went through it. I, I we tell our friends now like you're, we're the best people to ask because we're we're in it right now. But still, exactly. our information is influenced by other people's right. opinions and stories, and so you just kind of filter it. Like I think we both work in the entertainment industry, so the business of being born, I you know, it's pretty easy to see that they've got an agenda mm-hmm. with what they're doing. So, you know, they're going to push stats and yeah, exactly. So it didn't really freak us out, but it, it made us more aware. I think if anything. Yeah. And, and, and we've been doing like, you know, I've been reading a lot of books. We hired a doula. So I think we're getting all different aspects of what we want. Um, you know, I'm going to try for a natural birth, but if it doesn't work out, that's okay when too. You say natural, you mean vaginal drug-free. or drug-free? Drug-free, okay, drug-free. vaginal, yeah. Okay. So, did you take a class or do things to help you prepare for what you know? How because it's intense, right? Yeah. So, oh, it is. No, I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, what? I mean, I have four kids and I felt nothing. In fact, in our first birth, which was forty-two hours long, um, it was entirely unmedicated except for a thousand milligrams of advil that i kept taking (laughs) two hours i was like oh my god i can't take this Uh, so my wife was amazing though so i mean you sound like you have an open birth plan let's start with no intervention and if we need it we'll just go down that road exactly i've been doing a lot of prenatal yoga and um and i'm reading the ina may gaskin book right now which is kind of nice at the 39 week mark to kind of start getting my head wrapped around like these other women's birth stories and stuff. But I mean, I I feel like I'm preparing as much as I can, but once it goes, you know, I'll just have to see. Yeah. I just have to go with it. We did take classes too. We took uh, birthing classes, like a set of them. So that gave us, you know, some information as well. In your birthing classes, where did they put your role as the dad? Um, they, the dads, it, actually, it's funny. They, it, I think the dads actually came in more when it got physical. Like it was like, oh, they're going to need to be massaged. Your wife's going to need mm-hmm. this. They're going to, you know, that's when it was sort of like, dads, come on. You, there are a lot of times where they're like, dads, just stand in the back and sort of watch this thing, watch them, the women do their stretches. And then now you come in and that's, this is when you're the second pair of hands. So mm. I felt like the, when they're giving you all the information, they're definitely, giving it to both of you like in the beginning like this is how the baby this is how contractions work this is this you're both watching you're both sitting there with your pamphlet they're talking to you but there was definitely a separation i think the when they made the men more of a role it was when it became 
us physically coming in and helping out. Doing something. Doing right? something. Physically doing yeah. something. Right. And is that how you feel your role is? And do you have an idea of what you will do? Do you have an idea of what you want him to do? Yeah. I mean, actually, last night in bed, I was reading that book, and um, there was this whole thing on the sphincters. Mm-hmm. Um, sphincter, sphincter lock. lock. Yeah, sphincter lock. And, <laughs> and right, how, yeah. like, um, if you feel embarrassed or um, self-conscious or not, like, loved in that moment, um, it can really, like, actually put the birth you know, backwards or whatever. Right. And so I was saying to Shane, like, so you have to make me feel beautiful and strong. And he was like. And I wasn't going to, so I'm (laughs) glad that she told me all that information. (laughs) You're not I was going to be really brutal about it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, ew, put some makeup on. Just (laughs) embarrassed. Who are you? Yeah, no, that that was the thing. I think it's just like constant support. I I guess we're going to wing it just as much as anybody else does when you go in there. But I think it's just being on your toes and being like fully in it as a guy it's like just ready to do really anything like right. it's called for. you've got to fight a doctor you've got to talk to your duel outside you got to tell your parents to back off for a minute you got to get her food like whatever it is i think it's just yeah just being fully like ready for anything you sound like the production assistant of birth sir you're gonna have to wait out here you know what i mean but rather than like the active hands-on coachy we can do this you know you you know what i mean it sounds more technical which i think a lot of dads are you were in here at the beginning when i introduced this it most was your dad at your birth God, I don't know. I, don't know. I think he was, but I don't. I don't really know. Most dads either don't know or think they weren't. Yeah, and, <laughs> but it's because dads weren't at birth. Like when we were, we were born, you we weren't allowed right. in, the, in the delivery room. We were kept out. Right. Um, and so now that we're in there, it's sort of like, what is our role? I don't know. Here's a question for you. Right. Um, what's your birth plan? Do you like? Do you want to labor at home for a while? Do you want to get to the hospital as soon as you can? What's your role there? Yeah, I your think. My mom's coming into town this weekend, so um, I think the plan is to labor at home as long as we can. Our doula lives a couple blocks away, so she'll come over when it starts to get intense. And yeah, we want to stay at home as long as we can. I want to be eating and drinking and um, and comfortable before we head to St. John's. And then, um, you know, get to St. John's an hour in, hour out, and... And we're home again. <laughs> okay, good. I like that plan. That's great. You just gave Casey a new plan. Yeah. Let me write this down. One hour in, one hour out. <laughs> um, so how far are you from St. John's, from your hospital? Uh, like 15 minutes. Yeah. With traffic or without traffic? Uh, without traffic. And with traffic? With traffic, 25, maybe. So I mean, hour in, hour out means you have to leave an hour and a half. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Right before the Yeah, we're cutting it really short. What about this? What if you were uh, in the car? Well, let's say you cut it too close, hmm. right? You want to stay at home as long as you can. You stayed at home, and you've never done this before, right? Uh, all of a sudden, you're like, whoa, now it's really taking me. So you get in the car, and you go. And as you're going, you realize there's no time to get to the hospital. Mm-hmm. What would you do then? Probably. I don't know what we do. I think I'd still try and get to the hospital. (laughs) I think even if it was still going, yeah, even if it was still going, it would be like, well, it's not going to really, is it going to do us better to stop here and do it or get that? I mean, I don't think I, I don't feel like we're far enough away that it. What if you were trapped in an elevator and it was just the two of you and nobody can get to you in time? Do you feel, what would you do? I I think I'd start just 
whatever I've seen in a class, I'd probably just start going for it. Yeah, I think we would just. Ma- I just wouldn't it out. pull. I, think we'd I wouldn't manage. pull like that. I'm, I'm so pull. freaked out Don't about pull the pulling baby out. the baby. <laughs> I had to have a friend assure me that like their necks won't snap. Yeah, I don't pull them out. It freaks me out. So I think the only thing I do is I just leave it to her to push, but I'd guide or something. I'd catch. Yeah. In that scenario, is there anything you're not sure of, like technically, maybe what? Yeah, the thing that freaked me out the most, I think, is just uh, breathing, the baby breathing right after. I don't know yeah. where I'd hit it or what I'd scoop out or, you know, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be afraid of cutting the cord. I now know about skin to skin and the latch and all that. So I could gu- help guide that. <laughs> but like, I think breathe it, like if it came out, it wasn't breathing. I think that's when I wouldn't know what to do. Okay, yeah. so if it is breathing, you would just cut the cord? No, if it's breathing, I wouldn't cut the cord in the elevator. I don't know what I'd cut it with. In my keys or something. Something. I would, uh, I don't know what I need to cut the cord right away. I don't know. If I was in an elevator. Do you know where to cut the cord? No. No, I wouldn't cut the cord. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't cut the cord. I, I think I'm being. I'm that baby is living the with the cord. The, the baby is. Doctor Berlin's just looking at me, going, "What would you cut the cord with?" Well, I'm not, no, I mean, you might have to cut the cord with something. I, I guess because they sometimes go together. What if the the cord is wrapped around the neck and that's sure. why the baby's not breathing. You'd have to right, cut right, it. Right. But where do you mm-hmm. cut it? What do you cut it with? Yeah, I don't know. So you that's... need to get a pocket knife? Yeah. If you're yeah. In the... yeah. Should I have a pocket knife? <laughs> I mean, maybe. maybe. Yeah. If you're in the elevator, what position do you think you would want to deliver in? Um, mm, I don't know. Maybe hands and knees. Maybe. Uh, maybe like on the bar, um, like kind oh, of squatting. Yeah. They have good. that little wall bar. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I think that's why they have it. Is that what it's for? <laughs> yeah, of course. Sometimes pregnant women get trapped in there. Yeah. Yeah. We'd have the whole thing videotaped. They thought that of everything. Kind of right? awesome. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. You don't have to hire the Free videographer. Video. You save $2,000. <laughs> I think um, it's a great time to bring in Alex, who's outside. Alex is a midwife. Sure. And um, she catches babies at home all the time, so she probably knows what to do. I'll introduce Alex Evangeliti. She is a midwife and um, part owner of the... Sanctuary Birth and Family Wellness Center here in Los Angeles area. And you guys do home birth. We do. And a million other birth-related things. We do. We also have that birth center, of course, with the nice tub that you can swim around in while laboring away. It's just beautiful. And um, you also do yoga classes. You do childbirth education classes, lactation services. You do medical hypnosis. You do... Uh, counseling, mm-hmm. psychological things that come up during pregnancy. You have a boutique of all sorts of amazingly well curated stuff for pregnancy. All green. Your whole place, when I walk in there, I feel like I'm in a womb. Oh. I do. I don't want to leave. I Crawl just, back in with us. I, I might do that. That could be I your do. new motto. Instead, <laughs> of, instead of getting out of the womb, let's crawl back in the womb If there together. was like a little umbilical cord in there, I would probably never leave. I had one. It's attached to a doll, but I'm sure I could sew it to your yeah. belly button. If you're... Well, let's, we might talk about that. So um, we brought you in because Natalie and Shane are about to have their baby. We didn't bring you in because they're about to have their baby. We brought you <laughs> in. Just in case it was going to happen <laughs> this afternoon insurance broker said we have to have a midwife <laughs> at this interview um you uh they we were just talking and um their birth plan is to have the baby at the hospital mm-hmm. <clears throat> and i just said what would happen if you were like trapped in an elevator and, the and baby i wasn't was there and alice wasn't there <laughs> and the baby was coming but i have 10 patients over the past year or so who had their babies 
not at their intended birthplace. They were on the way to the hospital mostly mm -hmm. and just had the baby in the car with just the couple mm -hmm. and the baby. Mm -hmm. uh, and I see, you know, more, more and more stories. And their birth plan is to stay at home as long as possible and then get to the hospital one hour before the baby comes. Mm-hmm. Or just as the baby's coming. Or right. just as, well, not, not really. Yeah, I mean, no, within reason. For them, they want an yeah. hour. They want yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, they want yeah, an hour. The actual that on your birth, birth plan, plan says is that. Okay. one hour. They want to have some of the juice that you get before the baby comes. Um, once you're paying $25,000, you got to milk it, right? So the question is, <laughs> but a lot of people come so, like, they think they still have the hour and they don't, and they have the baby in the car. Mm -hmm. So what I want to know for dads is, what would we do? Like, we were talking about if the baby comes, do we cut the umbilical cord, leave the umbilical cord? And if you cut it, what do you cut it with? Where do you cut it? Teeth. And no. your teeth. Just No, no, no. Okay, well, I think you have to take a step back first and really understand some of the physiology about birth you know when birth is happening that fast you have to realize that everything's working just fine you know we, we call births that happen in under two hours a, a precipitous birth and you know it's precipping and midwife lingo um and when those babies i mean i had a client once who was about an hour and a half away and on the 14 and we're driving to her in labor and I'm on the phone as she's delivering. And it was just, it's, it, there's something really magic and peaceful in that experience when it's going fast. If everybody stays calm, really, I mean, you have to realize that birth is a design such that nobody actually needs to be there for this to work. You are designed to give birth without anybody there. Not your husband, not the NICU nurse, not the OB, nobody with the fancy scissors. So if you look at that and look at the biology and the physiology of this process in its purest form, a woman can give birth without any help. And actually, it often works better without the interventions and the assistance that is given. So there's very... Can I just ra ramble on? Sure, ramble. Okay. We're here for your ramble. Okay. So there's something very specific that happens when a woman's pushing. First of all, she does it unconsciously. She's not thinking, oh, I'm going to start pushing now. It's something mm -hmm. that happens through her like a train, kind of like vomiting. Like if you have nausea and you get sick, and hopefully none of you ladies had to experience that. No, no. Nothing, nothing never. at all. <laughs> like there's no stopping that, right? And it's a, you know, autonomic response to what your body's doing. It's trying to stop it hurts more than just letting your body have its experience. That's the same exact experience when you're pushing. So it sounds like that's a woman pushing as a midwife. I don't need to check her to see if she's 10 centimeters. I'm like, okay, she's pushing. So get ready. Here we go. Right. So that normally can take anywhere from like a contraction to two hours, three hours for a first time baby. Pushing pushing so <clears throat> say you are at home and say he's not there and this is just all happening very quickly or you're in the elevator or you're in the car and this is what's happening you just do it you can't stop it mm -hmm. and so it actually is almost better if you allow the process to happen mm -hmm. it creates less stress on the baby and you know we think a lot about imprinting like how is this experience going to affect you and your baby for the rest of your lives mm -hmm. if you allow the process to take place less trauma is going to occur less trauma to your tissues less trauma to your child emotionally 
like the entire space. If, you know, she's at home, she's like, I'm pushing you getting in the car and rushing. Think of how much anxiety is going to happen in the car with that experience. Everybody's going to feel it and guaranteed everybody's going to cut you off. There's going to be traffic. (laughs) You're going to like the, the emotions in the space are going to be on such high alert. That's not really the environment your child wants to be born into. Like you're going to pick up on that. You're going to pick up on that driving the car. Like it's just anxiety all over the place and your baby's going to feel that. Mm -hmm. So that being said, should you be in the elevator and it's just happening you just are better off letting it happen, right? Because you're instinctually just going to take over. Your body's going to take over. Right. Dr. Fishbein, who's a wonderful OB who works with us and delivers out of the hospital, he's delivered babies with women who are in comas, which mm. means the body just does it. Wow. It doesn't need the instruction <clears throat> on how wow. to get from two centimeters to four centimeters. To, you know, right. it's, it's happening in the primal part of your brain, which hopefully takes over. It's one of the reasons why actually getting in your car and driving to a hospital often can stop a labor because suddenly your thinking mind is getting in the way and you're thinking about traffic and you're thinking about what you're going to wear and you're thinking about what Mm -hmm. you should pack to sneak to eat because your doctor's not going to let you. So, you know, it's like this whole strategy which will take you out of the primal experience. Mm. It makes me feel like then based on the way you're describing it, maybe that is not a great birth plan to labor at home as long as you can. If you live 20 minutes away from a hospital and then get into a car and have to deal with, let's say, Los Angeles traffic going to a hospital, sounds exact opposite of what you would want to be doing at that moment. Wait, well, can I add something to your question, too? Sure. Is also, so then if that is what you're going to have to do, though, because that's, you know, what their plan is, what's the best way to keep yourself in like a healthier mind space from home to hospital if you are planning on doing that? Get your earphones in, have everything prepared, your car is packed, the car seat's in, you don't have to think about anything mm-hmm. except getting yourself from the car. Yeah, that's all That's point. all we've been doing for the past couple weeks is checking off like massive lists. Mm-hmm. Of, and so that, you know, we wouldn't push it to the point where it's like dangerously close so that we can purpose. have as less time in the hospital as purpose, on, on purpose. purpose. But we would, we would probably leave at a comfortable time where we know that we're getting and the doula will help with this as well but we would leave at a comfortable time so that we aren't like adding that stress but also just pre-planning all that stuff so you don't really have to worry about that and again that's the dad's job i'd rather take that stress on than her Mm -hmm. take that stress on but i think the reason why we one of the the birth plan is to labor at home as long as we can is because you keep hearing horror stories about getting to the hospital Mm -hmm. being turned away because you're not dilated enough or you know and we've learned this in you know the birth classes we've taken with the head nurse at saint john's where she's like we laugh at you if you can still speak through a contraction, they'll send you home. <laughs> yeah. that's and that's, that's their... We laugh at that, you. Yeah, that, that's their <laughs> that's kind nice. of... We laugh, your, we laugh at your birth plan. <laughs> we, we, if your birth plan is six pages long, we'll pin yes. it up and laugh at you. Oh, I mean, right. it's, yeah, it's a very, like, it can be a very negative... It sounds just like the uh, uterus I just described, the womb environment. Yeah, yeah. lovely. Just for contrast. <laughs> yeah. So How often I guess do you that's laugh why. at your clients? When they're in labor, I'm just wondering. I laugh with them. <laughs> if they're laughing, I'm laughing too. Yeah. If they're crying, I could laugh with them. You know, it's like, it's a humanistic approach to birth. You right. know, we 
believe it or not, even though you might be the one with your clothes off, we're naked too. Like we get so intimate with our clients and our care with them that there is a very human interaction that we're having together. It's a lot of empathy. It's hard to get empathy from your OB, you know, and in a seven minute Mm -hmm. prenatal appointment, you're not going to really feel heard or felt or Mm -hmm. acknowledged. Mm -hmm. It's going to be surface and it's hard to really feel safe with somebody who you've shared a moment with, Mm -hmm. but you know, and of course I'm partial, you know, I'm a midwife, so I'm going to talk it up because I get to do this every day. You know, I think that most midwives are pretty much loving what they do. We get to share many intimate moments with our clients, which creates a bond where like we do holidays together. I mean, one of my favorite births was on Thanksgiving and I meant like we kept having Thanksgiving together after the birth because it was so, <laughs> it felt so meaningful to both of us. In my yeah. case, we'll have to start celebrating Christmas this year. I was, <laughs> I was a doula at a great um, Christmas birth. Yeah, I mean, I've never done Christmas before, so it's all new to me. (laughs) We are going to take a quick commercial break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. (laughs) The way you describe Earth. <clears throat> you know, right before you came in, we were all just sort of panicking. Like, what do you do with that? And what do you do with that? And you're just like, you know, it just happens. You don't mm-hmm. really have to. It sounds like you don't have to do very much, which reminds me of two things. Number one, your body like just took a sperm and an egg and like maybe a beer. Shake it up. Or a Moscow mule. <laughs> sure. Right? And made a manufactured a human being. Two two cells and made an entire human being inside you and you didn't have to do anything right yeah. you're just you're not thinking about we're going to put the eyes over here the nose over here we're going to measure we're going to pack a bag it just all sort of happens right and then at the end your body goes into labor usually all by itself and labors the baby down all by itself and it's almost just as a guy observing it's almost like the technically most simplistic part of manufacturing human yeah. being is squeezing the finished product through the male slot <laughs> but we put all or in your case the female slot. so <laughs> in in our we over i think we overthink it or we, there's so much fear about it there's so much complexity to it in the media and from the medical community that we panic like oh my god i can't do this mm-hmm. myself I have to have somebody do it and the second thing it reminds me of is a woman who i was talking to who found a dog that was pregnant Right. And she's not really an animal person. I actually met her at the sanctuary. She's not really an animal person. And she took it home and she realized the dog was pregnant. So she called the vet and she said, like, when do I come in? At what point during the dog's labor? How will I know she's in labor? And when do I come in for you to deliver the baby? She's like, we don't deliver babies here. Just Google it. I was like, just Google it. Like, why couldn't for the dog we could just Google it? And she has nine puppies and we're trying to squeeze out one kid. And it's this big panicky event. But it is for us, right? So technically, even though I think the women that we've talked to have all been in the moment, in that emergency moment, actually seem calmer mm-hmm. yeah. than women who are in the hospital with the whole team, yeah. you know, and all the... It's fear. Equipment. I think fear is, like you said, it's completely based on all these reasons, all these different ways that we can solve this problem to get this baby out because this could happen, because that could happen. And yeah, why should that end result be any different than how it was made? You know, it's all your body. Like I, we've gone through this for the first time. So we're, I'm 
knew nothing about it before we started. And now I'm watching, I'm reading books. I'm, I'm seeing this thing develop from nothing, grow a spine, grow a brain. Grow, it's, it's incredible. And it's all happening there. And so it doesn't make sense why it wouldn't, the woman's body wouldn't actually know how to put it, bring it out into the world safely. You know? mm-hmm. But that said, there are some technical things, mm-hmm. right? That we would have to do. If a baby comes out, Shane was wondering, what if the baby's not breathing? So, or if the cord is, is wrapped tightly, do, should we cut it, not cut it? Well, there's nothing to cut. Not, I mean, here's the thing. We have these um, anthroposophical, 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 anyway, there's this view, (laughs) right, that, um, I mean, the cord is an easy one to start with, right? Obviously, if you see a baby, if your baby's born in an elevator and it's wrapped up in the cord, you will... Unwrap it. Good job. (laughs) Win a baby. You can be a father. Yes. Right. Right. So, you know, if we had something, like I'm wearing a scarf, if this was tied around my neck, I wouldn't be able to breathe. But your baby isn't breathing through their mouth. They're breathing through their cord, Mm. just getting oxygen-rich blood that way. So that one's kind of easy to figure out. So if your baby is not breathing and the cord's wrapped tightly around like you just leave it? No, you unwrap the cord and you, you rub the you baby. You can't unwrap the cord it's so tight. Does that ever if happen? If the baby's when out of your vagina, then it's unwrappable. Mm-hmm. Did you say your vagina? Like I was looking at you. And if your baby's born and it's not breathing, do you sit there and look at it on the floor as a limp thing or do you rub it? Are you talking to it? Like what would instinctually happen? Mm-hmm. You would actually figure it out. Most yeah. likely you would, I mean, most of us have taken CPR. You might actually breathe into the baby. You might give it some breaths, mm-hmm. you know? I Gentle. mean, what's that? Gentle. Little Gentle. tiny lungs. Yeah. Right, but you would you would know that. You wouldn't try and blast the lungs open. Mm-hmm. You know, I think instinctually we would pick it up. We would rub it. I mean, you see these animal videos on YouTube. I don't know if you've ever watched them giving birth. Mm-hmm. The elephant gives birth to the elephant. They kick it. You know, they're like, it's not just <laughs> looking at it. Like there's this natural instinct to address the needs of your young, whatever they might be. You sniff it, you rub it, you nudge it. You're you're going to relate to it in some way, unless you're so completely disconnected from what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, and there you, was. A, you've watched um, elephants give birth on YouTube? Uh, not elephants, but I've seen, I've seen a few animals give birth. Uh, <laughs> And Only since you've been pregnant? <laughs> no, no, but we did. It's an unrelated story. I'm going rogue. Um, but we did see in a class, uh, one of our birthing class, oh, in the breastfeeding class about other animals nurturing other an- like a different species baby. Mm. So that was completely different. Like not only do they, and would an elephant instinctually know to kick its own elephant kin, but like. You know, uh, they showed like a cheetah that had just killed a deer and then it had just given a birth and then it starts to like mother that fawn. Mm. So that was an incredible thing too. So I think the whole process seems uh, like nurturing. You, you'd figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you'd, like you're saying, you'd, your instincts would kick in. Mm-hmm. Well, all the animals that I watched, I've watched a few. I've watched an elephant, a couple of elephants, a giraffe, a couple of horses, and some lions and and cheetahs, right? And and the dads are never there. Yeah, no <laughs> what dads. What is that about? Uh, yeah, what are those? It's guys like stuff? 1950s U.S. hospital. <laughs> where no dads are allowed. But I also, in all the hours, I a few things are well. We'll get into it at one point. But they also never like at the very end. I'm always waiting for them to do this. They never like roll over onto their backs, spread their legs, and push the baby out. Mm-mm. 
You'd like me to comment on that? You don't have to. <laughs> well, I, I could just hang right there. Here's what I do want to say about that. Again, if you left women alone, what would they do? You know, and that's what I get to see all the time. Like, I'm not directing the action. I really notice, and I will say water helps tremendously. It helps in relaxing you. It helps in transition, which is, like, definitely the hardest part of labor. It will shift the brainwave patterns, and it stimulates part of the brain called the homunculus, which confuses it. Showers will work as well because you have access to that in the hospital, hopefully. Mm-hmm. You can not in make- the elevator. Not in the elevator, but, you know, massage would be another way of doing it. Basically, stimulus confuses the brain. Mm -hmm. So the more stimulus that you're feeling physically, not necessarily hearing, because the hearing thing actually puts you into your cortex, which is the thinking mind, which will interrupt labor. So going back to the first question we said about, like, what about the plan of going an hour before you deliver, here's what will happen. You'll get to the hospital too early, and labor will stop almost, you know, so often because you're not in an active labor enough pattern for labor to continue. So mm-hmm. when they start asking you, what did you eat today? When was the last time you took your prenatal vitamins? Mm-hmm. What other medications? What are your allergies? But when they start asking you that myriad of questions, you have to think mm-hmm. and that will disrupt labor and you will end up going home anyway. Or they'll say, well, we can just use Pitocin and move things along, mm-hmm. which isn't really what is going to support your baby. It's not going to support you having a natural birth. You're not going to enjoy your experience under Pitocin because it's like a train, you know, it's this hammering experience. It's just constant and you don't get a break. It's not going to give you those endorphins that a yummy natural labor will. Your body produces these incredible morphines that will make you feel high. If you're not getting some of that in your labor, you're probably not that active. Mm-hmm. One way is the, can you talk during contractions? Are you talking in between them? Can you have a normal conversation with somebody? That's too early to go. And I don't mean like just during the contraction, I mean in between them as well. When you start to have that like stoned look on your face, I don't know if any of you have ever participated in mushrooms, of course I have never, but <laughs> that kind of like dreamy out of space, out of time where like we just get nonverbal that's a a reasonable time to go. Mm. Or when you start getting vocal and not like you're trying to be vocal, it's like you can't do anything but be vocal. Mm. That's another good time to go. Or having somebody at your birth who can check your dilation. Mm -hmm. You know, there are doulas and then there's monitorices who have some medical training, often they're nurses. You know, then you can say, okay, eight centimeters. Let's go. (laughs) Now is a good time to go. We have plenty of time to get there. You're not going to have your baby in the car unless you're an hour away. So, okay. You feel better? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think mean, I feel better. I think I, I think really what what this conversation taught me is just, and I don't think I would have in the beginning, but just the importance of not creating a stressful environment once you're transporting yourself mm-hmm. to the hospital, mm-hmm. like just really being prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Like once those first in, um, contractions start to kick in, that's when you sort of like start getting everything at the door in the car, you know, like get all that stuff ready to go so that when it's time to move. Right. It's just like as peaceful as possible, you know, because yes. I don't want to deliver in an elevator. But if you do, what <laughs> do you, if I do, I like unwrap now, the cord. Now, you're, you're, you'll unwrap the cord. <laughs> is, there anything, is there anything technically to do in there? Um, I would say get close to the ground because if the baby flies out of you, mm-hmm. it has less of a distance to fall. <laughs> um, if you have an extra layer of clothing, put it down mm-hmm. so it like lands on a fabric. 
you know, if you're alone, particularly, I mean, that although you're not going to be thinking, oh, I'll just take my shirt off or, mm-hmm. you know, awkward. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, you're so in the experience. You're so, again, I'm going to use the word high because you are really, literally, you're out of your mind. If labor is that intense, if you are about the point of giving birth, you are definitely out of your mind, but you are in your body. And for most of us, that's a sensation we've only really experienced while making love, right? Where it's just, you're, mm-hmm. you're gone, mm-hmm. you're gone. That, that's why labor hormones like oxytocin are present when you're kissing and you're making love and having orgasms and giving birth. Right. And the more that you can facilitate that experience, even if you're alone, I'm not saying, you know what I'm not saying. If you're alone, allowing that experience to take place and creating it as safe as possible for yourself, which is, you know, get close to the earth. Mm. Can I ask you one other question? Yeah. What do you think, we've talked a few times about the fact that dads were never really at birth previously. What are you, in your feeling, is dad's role at birth? Um, The biggest one is to witness. And I think that's really difficult for a lot of men to be fully present inside of watching their partner suffer. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, for us as women going through the birth experience, we might consider it suffering we might consider it like an extraordinary sensation. We could call it pain. We can call it pressure, burning. You know, it's, it's it's like you will probably never experience anything as painful in your life. However, we also have the pleasure principle when we have the break, which isn't for very long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, fully active labor, your contractions could be a minute and a half and your break might be a minute or two right? But it's a minute or two of total peace. If as a man, you can sit there and hold the space where you're not freaking out, you're looking at her in the eye. If she wants you to touch one spot on her body, not say a word, make sure you're not drinking coffee, not eating garlic, not smoking cigarettes, like all these things, because she won't be able to express it in the moment. But afterwards, she'll be like, oh, you idiot. (laughs) And it bugged me so much. (laughs) If you can look at her and smile and tell her how beautiful she is, you have done amazing, amazing, you know, but there's nothing to do. You cannot make it better. And sometimes I feel like that's why your position is the hardest as men, because you can't fix it. You're great fixers, but you can't fix this one. You can screw it up. Mm -hmm. And that only comes (laughs) from like, you know, and again, I'm biased to home birth. So, yeah. But when you look at the doctors and you look at the nurse and you're looking to them for understanding of the situation and you give your power to them, we as your partners have already lost you. You know, like they might be the experts in like reading the blood pressure cuff and reading the machines, but we are the experts in our own body. And if you can look to us to tell you what's going on, then we'll feel like we haven't been abandoned in our birth process as women, you know? So like, keep your eyes on us. Don't look at the doctors. Don't look at the machines. Don't look at the nurses. Stay with us. And then we'll feel like there's a pillar of support that we can lean on as women. Sweet. Casey, you have like a couple months to go, a few months. Yeah. Do you, um, what are you thinking? Any, any, you're getting a lot of info. I think, well, actually the same as what he said that was most interesting to me that I hadn't, one thing I really haven't thought about 
knowing that I'm going to be going because I was I have kept saying I'm going to labor at home as long as possible and then go to the hospital and hopefully have the baby like you know accidentally at home or in the car which I realize that's not a great idea <laughs> but so basically but making a mindful mindful decisions about things to do like you said to make that transition as easy and to not to try not to disrupt the flow of labor as much as possible or you could just choose to have a home birth thank you very much alex for coming and i really every time i hear you talk about birth i get a new perspective on it and i've been fortunate enough to be with you at birth and uh just observing how you and some of the other people from the sanctuary operate at a birth, just seeing a laboring couple in that setting is so different than the norm. And it's really beautiful. And, and that's why I actually do watch the videos um, of elephants and other animals giving birth because they do it without all the fear and changes that we put into it. And you can learn how birth was sort of supposed to be and where we went off one way or another. So thank you super much for being here and sharing. My pleasure. Thank you to you guys, um, Natalie and Shane, for coming in and sharing on your journey with us. Hopefully tonight when you're in labor, you'll be thinking, <laughs> I'm glad yeah. I did that podcast. <laughs> um, but really, I think that what I take out of it, a few things out of this day, which I didn't know I was going to get. Number one, that's a crappy birth plan is to just is to plan. You know, if you live far from a hospital, you, you can't really stay at home as long as possible. What does that mean? As long as possible. You need to have, like you were saying, Casey, a plan for smooth transition to the um, to the hospital. Um, but also that like birth is just kind of normal. If you're in a roadside delivery situation or an ele elevator delivery situation and it's happening, you're, you're just going to surrender to it and let, let your body do what it's been doing already for nine months. And you don't have to, there's nothing to really panic about, right? Just listen to your instincts. Pull over, have towels. Pull over, which is different. Like you're like, I'm going to try to get to the hospital as soon as fast as I can. And, and, and both of the, dads that we talked about were Doing kind of the, the same, same way like yeah, panicking yeah. get to the hospital get to the hospital but you don't need to you just yeah. need to protect your car with a towel that's it, that's yeah. it. it's all about okay. your car well thank you very much and thank you for listening. And if you have any questions or want to share any feedback, just write to info, I-N-F-O, at informedpregnancy.com.